Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. For more information about us, please visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. It is so good to be with you. What an amazing time already today. Uh, Isaiah, thank you. Caleb, worship team, and of course, kids. Great job. Thank you so much. Made my uh, job sort of easy today. Um, thankful you're here. You know, on a day like today, I, I, um, I just really want to always thank the Lord for, uh, for our church family. And I know some of you are family of our church family, and you're here for that purpose today, and thank you for being here. But I'm so grateful for a church family to know that we are not alone, uh, that we are not alone in our faith, we are not alone and our belief in the Son of God, and that Jesus is the one and only Son, and that we get to have a family with fellowship and a family with, to celebrate that reality. Amen? I'm just thankful for church family today. Well, I want to talk a little bit about what Isaiah even shared in his, his piece in that song we sang about today, this reality of God with us. Um, but I can't help but think about Christmas uh, and what we are kind of encountering every day. And a lot of you have been in the Christmas mode now uh, since the day after Christmas, some of you since the day after Halloween, um, and you've been plugging away at Christmas. And, and we have to remind ourselves, don't we? We have to remind ourselves of why we do all we do. We have to remind ourselves even of why we have these crazy things we do, whether it be... Whether it be uh, you know, all of our shopping we do, the lights, the Christmas trees, all that kind of stuff, and why we order things on Amazon to only have them stolen off our porches. Why do we do this? This, is, this really happened this week. We had something stolen off our porch, but the police literally caught the, the wet bandits, and, and, and they returned. Believe it or not, I had ordered a moose mug, a Christmas vacation moose mug, and the police returned this. This is a true story. This is my life. And you're like, why are we doing this? What is Christmas really about? Is it about moose mugs? Is it about, is it about all these fun things we do? And I, don't, I admit, I don't know if you're with me in this, but I admit I'm all in on Christmas. I love being weird for a month and like decorating our yard and listening to the same music over and over. I mean, you ever wondered like, what? I've been listening to this song my entire life, but I keep listening to it every month for a month straight. And... We're all in on this, and some of us are even willing to admit we're in on Christmas Hallmark movies. Anybody with me on that? Who is a, who, who is a self-professed Hallmark movie watcher? Yes, and we love it, and I just want to give, it's, it's this, if you've never seen him, it's the same storyline for every movie. A girl goes to a small town, she saves the, the bakery, and she falls in love with the guy that's wearing flannel. You know what I'm saying? Single guys in the room, Flannel's a good idea, and also, it's always good to own a tree farm. You never know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can't wait to get home and watch one of those again today. <laughs> behind all the Christmas cheer, right, behind all the traditions, um, we, we are reminded that there is this gift-giving, deep, lasting reality that God sent his only son 
to earth on our behalf. And he didn't come with flash. He didn't come with a spectacle. He didn't even come trying to ensure to everyone and promise everyone, hey, I'm worthy to be praised. He didn't even come with that. He actually showed up in a nowhere town amid a scandalous pregnancy, born in a barn. He came in the most humble way. Everything opposite of spectacular, everything opposite of shiny and powerful, exactly different than any way you or I would ever enter into this world to proclaim that the Son of God has now taken on flesh. He came in the most humble way. And this story has no business, if you really think about it, being the biggest story the world has ever known. There's no business being the biggest story the other known, yet it is. It's the very reason behind all of our silly traditions. It's the very reason behind you actually drinking eggnog once a year. There's a reason behind it, and we know it. We know that it's all Jesus. We know that Jesus showed up, and he showed up to stay. And ever since then, that story has been changing the world, hasn't it? And we've been saying, we've been talking about Jesus in our church for a while now. And I know that sounds silly, but we've actually been doing a series called Jesus for a long, long time now. And we've been saying this truth that you see on the screen behind me, that he changed everything about everything. And if there's any story that is proof to that, it is the story of Christmas. It is the story that he shows up in this nowhere town to, uh, to this no, these nobodies in Mary and Joseph. And yet that story somehow transcends all of the stories and is the biggest story the world has ever known. And it has literally changed the world to the point that this day today, people celebrate Christmas and they don't even know why they're celebrating it, but they do it anyway. And I don't know about you, have we messed it up? Have we, have we marred it? I don't, probably, but here's what I do believe and what I love is that every year billions of people celebrate Christmas and we get to be the people, the church that points the light and shines the light on the story of Christ. And that's a pretty, pretty great gift that we have at this time of year. So what do we do in the middle of all this? Um, well, first of all, I, I feel like we should believe what the scriptures say about, about Jesus. And we've been talking about it for a number of weeks, but I'll just quickly review. We've been spending time each week talking a little bit about the season that's called Advent, in which you're sort of kind of coming up to Christmas. And we've talked about the fact that Jesus is our hope, that in the midst of a world of chaos and confusion, that he can be our hope, and that even in that hope, we can wait on Jesus and trust that he has us. We've also talked about the fact that he is our peace. And for some of us, that's a really, really good word for us because life is anything but peace. It's anxiety and stress and challenges. And to know that he came to be peace on earth and goodwill towards men, that is a good truth for us today. And we also know that Jesus come, and when he came, there was an announcement. It says, the announcement of Jesus, the birth of this baby would be great joy for all people. That there would be this resounding joy that would rush into the world when Jesus was born. And ever since then, that joy has been building and it has been building. And there's a few other incredible things, but one of the things that I really want us to grab a hold of is what we've, what we've sung about today, what we've talked about already today, that we have a God who is with us. And I'm just gonna take us to the story that we all know if we've been in church, it gets read 
this time of year, of course, but it's Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. We get this amazing truth about Jesus. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to, jo married to Joseph. <clears throat> but before they came together, meaning before they were married, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. And this is a quote that I'll read a little bit again. But it says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So the, the name Emmanuel literally means God with us. Now, if you're paying attention to the scriptures, if you've ever read much of the Bible, there is a consistent message that God is trying to get across to his people. It's been going on and on for a very long time, all the way back to the very beginning of the story of the story of God. In Genesis, there's a story of a guy named Abraham. And Abraham, we're not going to get into this too deeply, but I'm just going to touch points on this this, this reality that God is trying to get through a message to his people. And he says to Abraham something. He says, I will be with you and I will bless you. A little while later, Abraham's grandson, Jacob, he's kind of struggling in life and he's wondering where's God. And God comes to him in a dream. And in that dream, he says, Jacob, I am with you and I will be with you wherever you go. And if you keep going in the story of God just a little further in the book of Exodus, you come to Moses and Moses is overwhelmed because God has come to him and asked him to do something way bigger than he could ever do. And he says, who am I that I would go to Pharaoh? And he says, and this is how God answers Moses. He says, hey, I will be with you. When Moses says, who am I? He says, Moses, I am with you. Your identity is in the fact that I am with you. Moses goes and he sees his people freed. And all through that time when the people are wandering in the wilderness, life is a Life is confusing to them. God continually reminds them he's with them. They cry out, where, where are we? Where's God? What's going to happen to us? We're all going to die. And then he gives them water and he gives them food and he gives them, he gives them everything they need, reminding them that he's with them. Joshua comes along right after, right after Moses. You remember Joshua? He shows up. God's going to use Joshua in an amazing way. Joshua says, I don't know if I'm the man. And then what does he say? He says this, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Later, David, he's, he's going to face this giant. We know the story. And it's spoken over David. Go, the Lord God is with you. In countless examples in the Old Testament, into the Psalms, the Psalms are a constant reminder of a God that's with us. But they keep thinking, the people keep thinking and wondering, is God really with me? Is God here? Does God exist? Is God really for me? Does God even care? This is the story of humanity, and there is a story of God happening right alongside it going, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm for you. I have you. He keeps saying this. We get to this story in the book of, book of Isaiah, King Ahaz, and he's doubting if God is really with him. And he asks the prophet, he says, okay, show me a sign that God is really here. And this is what Isaiah says, which is quoted in the book of Matthew, what I just read. Isaiah chapter seven, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. 
And as I already said, Emmanuel means God with us. This was 700 years before Jesus, Isaiah prophesied that there would be a coming Messiah. God continues to say, I'm with you again and again and again. Essentially, God gets to this moment, he says, I guess I'm going to have to come down there and prove it to you. So if we're going to ask ourselves, what does God want me to experience this Christmas? In the midst of everything that we do to celebrate Christmas, what does he really want me to, to experience beyond the traditions and the, and the movies and, and the fun things we do? Well, I believe it's the, kind of the same thing he's been trying to tell us the whole time. He's been trying to say something to us the whole time. And parents kind of deal with this constantly, don't they? If you're a parent, you get it. Like, we try and say things to our kids over and over again, hoping that they will eventually get it. You know what I'm talking about, right? Be nice to each other, don't hit, you know? Eat your veggies. No, you cannot buy that app for 99 cents. Those are the messages we give our kids. And we say them again and again and hope that they will eventually get them. And I feel like our Heavenly Father has the same relationship with us. He's like, I've been saying this again and again and again, and I'm hoping that you eventually will truly get it. And here's what I know about us. If those of us that really know Jesus, we, we believe this in our heads. We know that God is with us, yet do we live with this reality that kind of resounds? Because how many moments does, does anxiety flare up, this, this lacking peace, this fleeting peace, this, this anger, all these kind of outbursts of really probably thinking, well, God can't be with me. We feel all the time contrary to God with us. Jesus would later say, I will be with you wherever you go. In fact, I'm going to be sending my presence. It's going to be my spirit, and that spirit will be your counselor and your comforter, and my presence will be in you and go with you. So I would go as far as to say this today, that Jesus Jesus is here, and when he actually came, he came to stay. His story has endured. His impact is everlasting. His love is still on the move in this world. Jesus is with us. Jesus has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Everything that Jesus said was true, so if he said that, it must be true, and that he'll never leave us or forsake us. You know, when he came to this earth, I believe he came to stay. And when I think about the reality that Jesus is here, yeah, maybe through his presence, his, the, the heavenly Father has always been with us. Jesus is now here. He's come to stay. He says he'll never leave us, forsake us. The Holy Spirit, his presence is in us. It's around us. Like God is truly with us. You know, in our church in 2018, um, we have so many stories and amazing testimonies of this reality that God is with us, uh, and this reality that Jesus is actually here. I, I just want to, I was actually just thinking about it this week, and I just wanted to thank God, of course, as we move in to the end of this year and look ahead to the next one. Um, but you know, it all was rooted in prayer. You know, we started praying in a prayer room. If you don't know much about our church, we, we established a prayer room this year. We started it in mid-March and did a 24-7 prayer for a couple weeks when we started, and we've been praying in that ever since and having people sign up for prayer. And we've actually, believe it or not, I kind of figured it out this week, we've prayed, logged over 1,000 hours of prayer in that prayer room this year, which is over 42 days of prayer, a constant prayer as a church body. And I just think that's phenomenal. I think that's amazing. Um, and a church our size to see that much 
commitment and dedication to prayer. And out of that has come so many amazing things. Uh, it's significant in the sense that in 2017, we had zero hours of prayer. <laughs> well, I mean, I know we were praying in 2017, but I hope. But at least in the way that we've stepped into prayer in 2018, it's like Jesus has actually been changing how we pray and what we pray. I don't know if anybody else feels that, but I feel it. And we're seeing Jesus move in new ways. We've had several stories of God providing breakthrough and breakthrough spiritually, breakthrough in areas of forgiveness or bitterness. And we've even had several stories. And I remember people telling stories they were praying God to provide for something. And then all of a sudden God would provide it. And everything from financial provision to other types of provision to even vehicles. It was just like kind of crazy stuff that you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa really? That, that's happened? And we've had stories like that. We have stories of God providing in amazing ways. Um, we've seen God move in ministries in our church. You know, our student ministry has had a radical transformation this year in so many good ways. We've seen kids know, come to know Jesus, and it's been really, really good. And we just see that all rooted in prayer at the beginning of this year and what God's done through it. We've seen salvations of people. We've seen true stories of people being healed. And I've shared a few of them over the past few months, but we've seen chronic back pain, stomach pain, shoulder pain healed. We've seen breakthrough and, and people praying for, for carpal tunnel and it being healed and people having, you know, problems with their vocal cords and it being healed and major foot pain being taken away. It's just crazy, like stuff that I personally have never seen and I see God moving and it's only all credit to him. We've also seen amazing opportunities to serve our city. You guys know all the open doors that God has made to local schools and ways to connect with other churches and to see unity. It's just there's so many things that are different today than they were a year ago. Are anybody with me on that? Yeah, amen. And I believe it's because Jesus is here. <laughs> I believe it's because Jesus is moving in new ways. And he, I know someone would say, well, he's always been here. Yeah, but sometimes when you acknowledge it a little more, you become more aware of his presence. You become more aware of what he wants to do in your life. And I just know the more we seek him, the more we see him. And so for you, this Christmas, maybe... The reality that Jesus is here, the reality that God is with us, is not just a nice reminder of the story of Christmas, but it's an awakening of your soul. It's an awakening to the things that God really wants to do in you and to do through you. I've heard people say, ah, I don't know if I could ever see God moving in a way like that through me, and then God moved in that way through them. And that's a pretty powerful thing to see when the gospel calls you to do things you thought you could never do. So, I'm about done, but I, I want to say this. Let me ask you, this reality, and we'll put it on the screen, that Jesus is here. I believe it's going to pull out of us a few different things. For maybe some of us, it's going to be a declaration of joy. <laughs> Jesus is here, and I have to celebrate for some of us, it's going to be a longing for peace. Jesus is here, and I need him to step into my anxiety and into my challenges and into the hardship that I'm facing. You to understand my life is not going well right now, and I need his peace. For some of us, it's going to be a cry of hope. 
I've been waiting for so long, Tim. You don't understand. Isaiah said this and 700 years later. I'm not telling you have to wait 700 years. 700 years later, it happened. We don't, here's the thing. We are such an instant gratification culture that we don't understand how to wait on Jesus. But you can always put your hope in him. So for some of you, you're saying, I want to continue to wait. So maybe he's, it's a cry of hope for you. And for some of you, it's a gift of love. When you think about life, when you think about where you're at, you think about even this past year and regrets you have or shame you have, and you have to remember that God loves me. And so maybe today, Jesus is here, is just a gift of love for you. But you would say, I love you, God, and thank God you love me. Here's what I'd say. I think that we could all claim all of this. We could all say it's a declaration of joy, it's a longing for peace, it's a cry for hope, it's a gift of love. That's what it is. But I, I think there's also realities of life that we all are facing and that there's probably one of those four things that is, is for this year where you're at in your life and the season you're in, you're like, that is the one for me that I need to, I need to grab a hold of today. I need the joy of Jesus. I need the peace of him. I need the, I, I need the hope. I need to, or I need to love. And so what I want to invite you to do is just consider maybe one of those, one of those little sentences there to just sort of embody this reality that Jesus is here and he's here to stay. Can you choose one today? You can take all four. You can take as many as you want. But I'm encouraging you to choose one today and receive that from the Lord. bow your heads with me. I'm going to pray for us. I wonder how many of us needed to hear today that he is here and he's here to stay. I also wonder how many of us needed to hear that that reality can be a declaration of joy for us. You, I, I, maybe you're already in a season of joy, but I also believe that there's some of you that probably have a longing in your heart right now for joy. Is there anybody with me on that? You can nod your head where you're at if you're like, I have a longing in my heart for joy. I would also assume that there's some in here, you have a deep longing for peace. If that's you, you can just nod your head where you're at. You need peace today. I also believe there's someone here that Jesus is here is a cry for hope for you. If that's you today and you need the hope of Jesus, if you need to love Jesus through your waiting, if that's you, you can just nod your head and say, hey, I need his hope today. And then like I said, I know we can all receive this one, but it's also, we remember that we give gifts because there is first a gift given for us, and that gift is the gift of Jesus. And so there is a gift of his love for all of us. But some of us, I know, are probably in a season right now that we just need that gift of love sort of lavished on us. It's been a hard year, maybe. 
Maybe it's a hard season. And it's good to be reminded of his love. So if that's you, you can just nod your head. I'm just going to say a prayer for each person and those sort of things and those ideas. And we're just going to pray that his presence will become more real to us. And that would allow us to see more of what God wants us to see. God, I just pray right now. I pray for each and every person in here. I pray that, Lord, that those that want to declare the joy of Jesus right now, I just pray that you would fill their hearts with joy. This is prayed for everyone, but I know there's some in this room that need it. So I pray for all of us in this, but I also pray for those right now that are acknowledging their need for joy, their desire for joy. Would you fill them up to the fullest measure right now, the joy of Christ. Father, for those who are in a place where they need peace in their life, maybe they're going through struggle or hardship or just anxiety or stress or whatever it is right now, I just pray as your word declares that you would bring peace on earth, that you would bring peace right into their life. It would be a type of peace that transcends all understanding as your word says in Philippians. God, I just pray peace over us as a church, as the group of people in this room, but specifically for those who acknowledged it in their hearts in these last few moments that they need peace. Father, right now I pray for hope. There are some of us that feel hopeless some days. We wake up and there's no hope. We wonder how it's gonna happen. And I pray right now that you would fill hearts with hope. That Lord, you would always remind us that not only are you with us, but you see us, that you love us, that you have us. Father, I pray right now that your hope would be poured out on your people. And that God, you would fill it to the measure, fullest measure of each person right now. And that Lord, in that hope, they would be able to see you more clearly. They'd be able to understand what you have for them in life. They'd be able to see the circumstances surrounding them as not ways that you are against them, but ways that you are redeeming them. And so, Father, I pray right now for hope to be poured out. I also pray, Father, for the love, the gift of your love to be given to each and every one of us in this room in a way that which we would see it again today. We would be reminded of it. It would almost be like we return to our first love in Jesus. And, Father, I pray right now that that would not only happen for each and every person, but for the person in this room that acknowledge they need your gift of love in a special way today. Would Lord, Lord, would your love just sort of surround them in a way? Would it cover them? Would it wrap around them? Would it feel like almost your heavenly fatherly arms would be surrounding them with your love today, Father? So God, we just pray that in the name of Jesus, we know it can be so. We thank you for this season of Christmas. We pray that, Lord, not only would we receive it all, but Lord, we would go and give it all, that we would be people of joy, people of peace, people of hope, and people of love. May we not only receive, but maybe we be, be transformed into these types of people as we follow you, Jesus, as our Lord and Savior. We pray all these things in your holy name. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.